Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. On today's Going In Raw News Brief, we talk the possible end of Rusev Day and the WWE adding another pay-per-view to its schedule. But first, we're going to talk about just how much money the WWE is making, and I have a feeling it's a lot. Larson, what's in the news? So WWE held their quarter two 2020 financial call today, and the company is basically swimming in money like Vince is Scrooge McDuck at this point. Oh, wow. Swimming in vast pools of wealth. Doubloons. So first, the lone bit of bad news, WB, was that their revenues were down for the quarter by about 14%, dropping to uh, $223 million this year as opposed to $269 million last year. But everything else, up. Hmm. Operating income. Rose from 17.1 last year to 55.7 million dollars in, in uh, Q2 2020. Wow! Adjusted uh, operating income before depreciation and what does the A stand? Amortization. That's what it was. Uh, went from 34.6 million last year to 73.5 this year. Ooh. Million, not 73.5 dollars. 73.5 <laughs> million dollars. Uh, net income reached. $43.8 million, while adjusted net income was $37.7 million. WWE explained the growth in income uh, as being, quote, primarily due to, a, due to a decline in operating expenses that reflected lower content-related production and event costs, short-term cost reductions implemented as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak, and to a lesser extent, a year-over-year reduction in accrued management incentive compensation. So uh, they cut payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't give executives much uh, bonus money, mm-hmm. and they're not running shows yeah. apart from TV. Tapes. Yeah, and that has apparently saved them a ton of money. Uh, WWE also stated that quote these actions contributed to WWE's enhanced liquidity, which reached five hundred and forty-eight million dollars in cash and short-term investments as of June thirtieth, twenty twenty. Because of this enhanced liquidity, the company announced that management may resume its opportunistic acquisition of stock under the company's $500 million share repurchase program. 
subject to WWE's business outlook and liquidity, as well as whether share repurchases compare favorably to other blah, blah, bunch of money stuff. Listen, why? So why is Rey Mysterio not getting a raise again? Huh? Yeah. Why, what's, why what's do they that? have to lay off a bunch of why do they have to release a bunch of wrestlers and furlough a bunch of producers and, 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 and lay off a bunch of writers and other uh, employees? What why can't you again? what can't you afford? You can't afford stuff. Yeah. Balls. You can't afford stuff. Yeah, it's BS. It's, it's a load of BS. Uh, Meltzer had a tweet about this financial stuff, um, and it said like the, uh, the the expectations from financial analysts was somewhere between eleven and a half and twelve million dollars, um, and it was actually a first profit. Mm-hmm. It was actually forty three point eight million dollars in profit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Vince is a, Vince is a pretty good businessman. I've been reading that book, Death of the Territories. Yeah, it's fascinating because it charts his path like in the super early 80s, just going from like literally taking business meetings of territory to territory, taking it all in. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, pandemic has been an interesting thing business wise, you know, sort of across the globe, basically Um, the, the rating situation. The TV situation, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. I mean, we're still four years away, three years away from them maybe re- mm-hmm. you know, negotiating for new deals. Um, we'll see how it plays out then. Ratings are in the toilet. Creative is not great. And uh, they have uh, some competition on Wednesday nights um, yeah. that, that's only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how this works. I mean – you know, Vince McMahon has gone through up periods, down periods. He's making money hand over fist right now. Uh, d- does it translate to a better product? No, but uh, you know, uh, there's a couple we'll things see. that potentially stand out here. I mean, we we touched on it a bit about the uh, releases that happened back in April. Um, as far as I believe, WB is the only major wrestling company that cut staff, cut wrestlers uh, during the midst of the pandemic. Uh, Ring of Honor yeah, has an impact has an AW has and I understand WWE is the only publicly traded company of them all. It's it's not even close in terms of the scale of company though. It isn't, but also when you know for the second consecutive quarter, they have uh, they're they're bringing in record numbers of 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 money. It's just I don't know. It's it 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 it, it gets me a little bit. It irritates me a little bit. Like they it wasn't it, it didn't. Laying off those wrestlers, laying off those writers didn't feel then, and it certainly doesn't feel now like an a, a, a essential move to preserve anything more than a certain level of profitability for stockholders. And from a you know business perspective, I get that. But at the same time, these are people who uh, you know had to go out there, and and you know a great many of them, uh, in terms of the wrestlers, landed on their feet. But the 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 idea that you get laid off in the middle of a pandemic. So much is unknown. Will you be able to get work? You know, after your no compete clauses up. From a human perspective, it's 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 crap. It's a load of crap. I wonder if uh, I wonder if this level of profitability is going to affect how they do things after pandemic when they can. I wonder that too. What does this mean for their live event schedule going forward? Did they? I mean, it was already a money loser prior to pandemic. Um, are they going to seriously cut back? The number of live events they do on an annual basis if so how is that going to affect compensation for wrestlers because you know there's a downside guarantee attached to most deals my understanding of that downside guarantee is tied to a certain number of dates worked mm-hmm. 
So, I, I wonder. I, I wonder if it's going to be a matter of we're going to start seeing, I guess, two classes of wrestler. I mean, we already sort of saw that WWE started to become okay with people. Um, I mean, obviously, it is during pandemic. Uh, like you said, most of the wrestlers have landed on their feet. We're about to talk about one who might want not want to land or landed on a different foot, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the wrestlers that are true attractions are going to attract the big money. The ones that aren't considered big attractions, at least not yet, are going to attract a significantly smaller amount of money. I'm not sure. I don't know what the breakdown is in AEW in terms of like we know the EVPs are doing pretty well. We know Mox and Jericho are doing pretty well. I don't know how much a Peter Avalon gets paid. I'm not yeah. sure how much yeah. even like a Sammy Guevara is getting paid. I don't mm-hmm. know those things. I don't know either. Um, but... Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I wonder how much of their business is going to be affected. Would they consider creating their own WWE zone, uh, a place where they shoot, you know, that is, you know, like the performance center, they erect a building or maybe even use a performance center, move that someplace else. I don't know. They erect a, a, a place or buy a warehouse or whatever. And if there is a large enough base of fans in that one area, I mean, kind of like full sale is, but maybe a bit more razzle dazzle that you could house yeah, yeah, a yeah, raw yeah. or a SmackDown that yeah. houses a thousand people. Would they consider shooting there live 26 weeks out of the year instead of going on the road yeah, and, and doing it that way? Um, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much of this enhanced profitability uh, because of how they've re- adjusted their production slate is going to influence what they do after, if at all. Vince is a man who, in a lot of ways, seems very set in his ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, the, you take you take your business on the road if you're a wrestling company, especially in the old days, because, A, ticket revenue is probably probably the primary driver of income. I'm glad you, mentioned the, I'm glad you mentioned the old days, because part of that book, um, actually mentioned because uh, I'm I'm sort of getting to this part where they're talking about like TV deals and stuff, and how back in the 50s, uh, TV companies would shell out tons of money for wrestling content. When the ratings went down, they cut it, and the reverse happened. Uh, Vince McMahon was paying. Had to pay. uh, yeah, he had was to pay paying TV time. I think KCAL Channel Nine or what became uh, Channel Nine in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. something like seventeen hundred dollars a week. Um, which at that point was a pretty big boon for KCAL, but he, but that was a very small price to pay for him because he made all of his money at the live, at the live gate. Um, yes. live and now we're basically the way WB is, is constructed. Now he makes all his money off TV it's deals. Exact opposite. Yeah. You know what, what, if, if there's no, uh, financial incentive to take the show on the road, we could very well see apart from pay-per-views. I still think pay-per-views will be on the road will be in various locations um we might see a return of sorts to kind of studio wrestling mm-hmm. where i don't i doubt it'll be you know 100 people on the crowd you know if they could find or, or construct a place that can house between two and five thousand fans and they could fill in on a regular basis even if the dude even even if you fill a thousand that looks pretty good on tv i mean especially the thing about like a thousand or even like two thousand is that you pack them in if if you're putting on a good product obviously if you're if you're loosening up your product a little bit and they're you know a hot crowd then that can look really good if you watch some of the impact zone stuff 
um, when they had really killer matches, you know, mm-hmm. now that I'm doing the Impact streams on Tuesday and they do those flashbacks to promote their uh, their streaming service, um, you know, you see those crowds were hot for big angles. They really were. Mm-hmm. They weren't packing more than a thousand people. I mean, mm-hmm. for their pay-per-view, sometimes they were. But like, you know, their regular TV shows, you'd get like a thousand people in there. You get the right angle, the right stars. They will make noise, and the they acoustics will. Will. in a smaller place like that are probably great. Amplify, yeah. I guess it depends if Vince wants the spectacle of the basketball arena. He might, you know, view when it, shot from the right angles, looking full. Give it, give it. I mean, given his ego, you're right. That might be something that he's not into at all. He wants to be able to say, "I go from town to town, from territory to territory." And and we draw these people. But if you look at the pictures, you know, pre-pandemic of their live shows, and then when they would run, uh, when they'd run live shows against TV or God for against like a pay-per-view, oh, it was is, like a it was understand. like an Elks Club meeting. You know, it was yeah, it was yeah. tiny. I never understood why they never understood that, that either. That aspect of the business model in the face of but of, if you running against themselves, if you put if you put a venue like that, let's say in Philadelphia. You're a track. I mean, you have the entire Eastern Seaboard there within a decent two hour amount. Tra- you know, two hour train trip. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you could you could pack you could pack people there, and Definitely. if you put that on TV, I mean, they did that they raw. What was it raw twenty five or whatever from the Hammerstein? Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if you'd want to do that because that looked sort of podunk. But like, you know, if you doll up a place, make it look cool. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways it still sucks. They they laid all those people off. Yeah, really that's, sucks. That's business, man. I mean, nonetheless, just human beings, man. You got to consider the considering what's all that's going on in the world. I know you, it's easy to say it's just business, but in the midst of a pandemic, to lay people off like that sucks. Anyway, speaking of someone who was laid off back in April by WB, Miro, wrestler formerly known as Rusev, was asked on a recent Twitch stream if he was done wrestling or if he may head back to WB. And based on his response, we may have seen the last of Rusev. Or Miro Day Miro. in the wrestling ring. This is what he said. Transcripts from uh, Fightful. He says, I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm just enjoying my Twitch. I'm a professional Twitcher, YouTuber, content creator. We got competition now via Miro. I view this as a potential collaborative opportunity, Larson. Same here. I was being sarcastic about competition. Miro's great. Let's do a video, Miro. Yeah. Hey, Miro, let's do a video. We're professional YouTubers and Twitch streamers. We've got 583 subs. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is BS anyway. He's going to head to Impact or something. He's not going to be doing it. Yeah, I mean, if the right deal comes along, he'd probably, you know, he'd have to consider going I'm saying he's already, he's already signed oh. a deal. I think oh, that the right. COVID thing prevented him from doing whatever it's he had planned possible. on doing. Um, I think possible. he's literally saying this. Because he's already signed a deal and he wants some misdirection. Um, expect him on your TVs or Tuesday night Twitch streams sooner than later. But that's cool. I'm Man, I, I do think it's pretty awesome that, you know, even WWE wrestlers who are still contracted there, like uh, Ember Moon, for example, she goes on her Twitch and she breaks down matches or she talks about current storylines. She was very critical of the uh, the way they handled Kyrie mm-hmm. saying send off, and mm-hmm. she makes some waves. People will go and they'll watch her do whatever craft project she's doing or whatever video game she's doing. This is a whole new avenue, a whole new venue. Um, so, but the thing about it is, the the thing about it is, it's kind of like a, a, a if you're not out there 
in the wrestling world to attract people further to your Twitch stream or to your YouTube channel, then that audience, you're, you're running the risk anyways of having that audience drop off because you're not remaining relevant in the world that they want to know about. Entirely and possible. so, uh, yes, Miro may really enjoy the Twitch and, uh, and CJ, his lovely wife, the ravishing uh, uh, non-Russian Lana, uh, they seem to have a really good time doing it. And maybe they are the types that can have the audience because, number one, he's so charming, and obviously she has quite the appeal. Um, maybe he could do that, but uh, I honestly think that he's probably already signed somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, how many times we say when a wrestler says something, usually just... That's that's my rule of thumb. Whatever they say, just go the opposite direction. Yeah. Uh, speaking of something that's going the opposite direction, usually when WWE books a pay-per-view, they wait several weeks before they book the next one. And we heard rumblings that there might be something going on the weekend after SummerSlam, but not uh, we didn't know any specifics. Well, WrestleVotes is providing some specifics via a tweet not that long ago. Steve, what is this tweet? Uh, so the tweet is this. For whatever reason, WWE has added an additional pay-per-view of the schedule one week after SummerSlam. Payback will take place August 30th. Wasn't pay- No, Backlash was the one after Mania. Yeah, that was the one that had the greatest match ever. Payback. So, uh, so we had heard that there was a possibility. There was like a network special. There was some hope that it might be Evolution 2, but uh, just another pay per view the week after. I would suggest this, though. SummerSlam. It is possible that this is going to be. There's got to be some. I'll put it this way. There's got to be some catch here. They're not going to do SummerSlam and then a Raw NXT and a SmackDown, or I guess just a Raw and a SmackDown to build to just another regular show, there is going to be a catch here of some sort. Obviously. I don't know what it is, but it, it it's, there's going to be something here. Yeah. Yeah, not sure what, though. Let's see here. Uh, so the event, the original payback event, was originally expected to return in 2018 because the last one was in 2017. Uh, did, we, did we go to that one? No. There's one in San Jose, right? San Jose, yeah. Yeah, we were there for that. Did we? Yeah, we went to that. That's when we were like fourth row right towards the hard cam. Okay. That was a fun day. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, it says it was expected to return in 2018 as a SmackDown branded event. However, the event was taken out the WWE's pay-per-view lineup as all events after WrestleMania 34 became dual branded. And uh, so, yeah, evidently it might be coming back. It might be just a placeholder name for whatever they plan to do, though. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, good stuff. Let us know what you guys think in the comments below. Do you want to see Rusev back in action in the ring? Or do you, would you just prefer to see him on Twitch and on YouTube? Which is a perfectly fine route if you wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, do you guys want another pay-per-view the week after SummerSlam? Seems like a lot. <laughs> As two men who are required to cover it. Kind of wish they'd wait a couple weeks. Same. But whatever. Anyways. More content for us, Larson. Yay. Because that's what we are, man. We're, t- we're content creators. creators, YouTubers, Twitch streamers. Twitch streamers, yeah. Anyways, that was Miro, let's, let's collaborate, Miro. Do you want to see uh, Miro collaborate with Going In Raw? Of course you do. Who doesn't? Thanks for watching, everybody. Until next time. Oh, tonight, speaking of that, twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson, Unsolved Mysteries. Me and the Enforcer are going to solve some more mysteries. Thanks for watching, everybody. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.